Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. Good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to be talking about a very important issue pertaining to religious liberty here in the state of Ohio. We're also going to have later this hour an attorney from California on with us who will be talking about the religious liberty challenges that are happening now in the state of California under Governor Newsom's restrictive and authoritarian uh overhand uh, in uh, as far as religious services, and we're going to see some of the things that are happening to churches in California. But before we go all the way to the West Coast, let's talk about what's happening here in Ohio. This last week, the Ohio Christian Alliance issued the following statement. This is an urgent message from the Ohio Christian Alliance. Churches have notified the Ohio Christian Alliance that they have been harassed and threatened by county health departments over the face mask mandate issue. If your church has been contacted by the health department officials, please fill out this form and our staff will get back to you. We are compiling a list of churches throughout the state that have been contacted by county health departments in the last several weeks since the face mask statewide mandate went into effect. We are providing this information to statewide officials so that they can address this issue with local health departments. Attorney General Dave Yost stated earlier this year, for starters, there's no pandemic emergency to the First Amendment exception. The church is protected by the Constitution in a way that a hobby store or landscaping business is not. Beyond that, these images, these stories coming out of other states is just horrific, he said. I can't believe that we're looking at this happening in the United States of America that was born out of the idea that government doesn't get the mess with the church. U.S. Attorney General Bill Barr stated this, The United States Department of Justice will continue to ensure that religious freedom remains protected if any state or local government in their response to the COVID-19 singles out, targets, or discriminates against any house of worship for special restrictions. But what we're telling you today is county boards of health here in the state of Ohio in the last 10 days have been sending threatening messages to local churches in multiple counties. We've received reports and have now have obtained public records requests of calls that have been made from health departments to churches. And as these churches are indicating, they were threatened with fines or being closed down if they didn't have a full face mask mandate requirement. Well, most of these churches are actually practicing social distancing. They are having hand sanitizer. They're taking the other precautions. They're spacing out in the sanctuary from each other. And a majority of the people, or at least half of them, are wearing face masks. And of course, according to the governor's mandate, not everyone has to wear a mask. In fact, folks... Uh, if you're not wearing a mask and you have a reason for a health reason, according to HIPAA law, which is federal law, health uh, law, you don't even have to indicate to anyone inquiring why you ha- you aren't wearing a mask. That's your business, and it's none of theirs. We've had to inform some health department officials over the last week. Our lines have been busy uh, calling the health departments of Summit County and into other uh, counties as well of where we have received complaints from churches that they've gotten calls 
threatening calls from health departments. And then again today in our email, and you want to go to our website at ohioca.org, and there you will find the releases that we put out this last week. And uh, here's the following. The following is a screenshot of a text message obtained by public records request between health department officials in Northeast Ohio, referencing the use of a county sheriff to accompany agents as a show of force to help enforce the face mask order. Again, this records request was in relation to the County Department of Health engagement with churches since that's the state the state since the state's face mask order went into effect. Here's what that text message exchange was between the two officials. We shall see. I am glad Brian agreed to memorize his advice and where it can be from. I assume borrowing from Sheriff, it will be best way to try to get compliance on mask without issuing an order. I wish we just issued the order and made the Sheriff's deputies the enforcement arm. This is from, uh, this was obtained by public records request. So folks, the reality is that churches are being threatened, is real, and and is a problem right now in the state of Ohio. With me on the phone is OCA board member Al Davis. He also is pastor of the Richfield Bible Baptist Church. We're going to be talking about what some other faith leaders are saying in the state of Ohio who are starting to get these intimidating calls and looking at overreaching bureaucrats. Pastor Al, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Chris. Good to be on with you today. Wish we had a better topic, but glad to be here. Well, that's right. And of course, I know you've covered some of this on your own program. I'm reading here from the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of press or the right of the people to peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. This is the First Amendment. And as the Attorney General of the State of Ohio said earlier this year on our radio broadcast, the government doesn't get to mess with the church. But that's what's happening in this regard. Your thoughts? Well, you're absolutely right, Chris, because, you know, part of the core of the freedom that we have, and it's enshrined right there in the First Amendment, which you read, is um, religious liberty. In fact, if you read the entirety of the First Amendment, it's one sentence. It's not several sentences. And the core subject matter of that sentence is religious liberty. And uh, we are seeing government officials run roughshod over religious liberty, which was given to us by God, recognized by the founders of our country and, and enshrined in the Constitution, and yet, at the same time, they're letting protests and things uh, be conducted without masks, without social distancing, and saying those must be protected. Well, that's right. And yet we're seeing the church is an easy target. And I've spoken to a number of ministers this last week alone, and this thing all cropped up because back on uh, July the uh, 23rd, the face mask mandate statewide went into effect. And this time, Governor DeWine did something different that he didn't do the first time. He included churches, and that's where the problem is. Now, the administration has been contradicting uh, when they've been saying that, oh, no, it doesn't, uh, we're not seeing that happen of enforcement, but they know that it's happening on the local level. Let me read this again from our release today. The Ohio Christian Alliance is in the process of making records requests in other counties, as we have received multiple reports from churches that county boards of health have been calling churches with intimidation and threats of fines and closure for noncompliance. 
The Ohio Christian Alliance and its network of churches, staff, and volunteers are going to stay on top of this issue until there is clarity from the governor's office down to the county boards of health that the churches are not to be targets of anonymous complaints that cause local government departments of health officials to act with Gestapo-style bullying tactics against churches and their pastors. We'll provide an update in the next few days as more records requests come into our office. And that's what we put out today. Pastor Al, you have in front of you a call log. This is a records request that one of our staff actually requested from Summit County. We'll just give the name of the church, won't give the address, try not to give too much identity here. But here is a call log of 14 churches that we now know of. First, there was two Then when we ask the public records request, by law they have to provide it. Now we see in the last 10 days there's been 14 calls just from that county alone from what we know in this records request. Um, This is very telling because someone can anonymously call into the Department of Health in a complaint against a church, and uh, they have no recourse, but they get a call from the County Department of Health. Uh, When you get opportunity, go ahead and read one of those. And I was going to say, too, Chris, this is one county out of 88 counties in Ohio. Yes, sir. And just scanning through this, it's amazing the types of things um, that we have here. For instance, here's Lakeview Christian Church. The complaint says during services, less than half of those in attendance were wearing masks on 7-12-2020. The church has 150-plus in attendance over three services, and the county health department uh, Summit County uh, called and said, discussed complaint with secretary, minister is out of town. She will discuss with him, and they name another individual, uh, and uh, says possibly second in command, and one of them may call back to discuss or with questions. And and then here's Redemption Chapel, where the complainant came in. Uh, unfortunately, this church is continuing to refuse safe social distancing practices and is not only not requiring face masks, but is indirectly encouraging members and visitors to show up without a face mask by saying if they did so, they will just assume they have health risks that prevent them from wearing one. It goes on to say they posted this on their Facebook page and went as far as quoting the Bible as a source so they won't be called out for not adhering to state guidelines. They also shared a picture of a large group of kids packed together saying they were leaving for a missions trip with only one child wearing a face mask. And the health department called, said, spoke with manager, uh, secretary. She thought, uh, I believe it's the pastor's name, would be uh, who to talk to, but he's on vacation till next week discussed complaint with secretary and asked if they had any questions, please call. Mask order in effect. Everyone but those who that can't for one of the reasons in the order or the officiant, and they referenced that uh, June 23rd order, uh, spoke with pastor and said they are following all orders. And you see this, the pastor or the secretary oftentimes is who gets this call from yes. the county health department. That's right. That's intimidating. Uh, very intimidating. Let me read this one. This is a, a Catholic church. It's St. Joe's Catholic Church. And again, here's the complaint. Again, this morning at 8 a.m. at Mass, I noticed more than 10 people not wearing masks since... Uh, 
uh, Pastor uh, Father Jared uh, is not enforcing the mask rule. Am I able to issue citations, this person says, to individuals, I'm sorry, for not following the law? So she wants to be the face mask cop, okay? And so, well, so here we go with a nanny state, right? Uh, she wants to be the citation person on face mask at church. Uh, anyways, of course, there's always these kinds of disgruntled people. There may even be people outside the church who actually have even more nefarious and dangerous views of the church who are uh, reporting churches, and then churches are getting these calls, threatening calls from the Department of Health. And why is this happening? Because the administration, Governor DeWine's office, has sent mixed signals to the departments of health and the local level, and then these bureaucrats are taking it upon themselves. Not not everyone. I've seen in these call logs, and that's why we posted it in the email. We'll have it up on our website. One lady's just doing her due diligence. All right, she's following up. She's letting them know a complaint came in, uh, yada yada, and then uh, that's the end of it. This other guy, he thinks he's he's going to be the one that's going to talk to him about social distancing. He's going to be talking about face wet mask wearing, and we're told. Uh, one individual actually threatened the pastor, said, well, we can find you. The pastor said, well, what would be the problem with noncompliance? Uh, because we're not going to require everyone to wear a face mask during worship. He said, well, pastor, we can find you. We could shut you down. Now, he now declines uh, admitting to saying that, and there's no recording of that. But the, we do have these call logs. And then, as I read earlier, folks, that exchange that they wanted to bring the sheriff out uh, as a show of force and intimidation, this is a real problem. Well, listen, people of faith are rising up. Leaders are rising up all over the state to this and saying, okay, that's it. That's enough. We take this thing seriously like everybody else. For the last eight months, we've been social distancing. We've been, uh, we even, they shut down the churches, Pastor Al. I mean, they were saying that you can only have 10 in assembly. Then the, then the governor, he sent mixed messages then saying, oh, why well, didn't say that? I didn't shut down the churches. Yet he would just ugly shame the church, say, well, if you're a good Christian, you're not going to want to get around and infect other people. And so I want to go to a clip right now because in California, it's 10 to as bad as it's getting here. It's 10 times worse out in California. Listen to Pastor John MacArthur and what happened to him. The founders of this country had a keen understanding of the importance of religious freedom because so many of them were fleeing religious persecution. So they protected the exercise of religion in the very first amendment to the Bill of Rights. Governor of California, Gavin Newsom, doesn't care. He's using his new coronavirus powers to shut down churches that disagree with him. The Episcopal Church is fine. They're fully on his team. But places like Grace Community Church in Los Angeles are not, and he's threatening to shutter them. Pastor John MacArthur runs that church and has for a long time. We're happy to have him on tonight. Pastor, thanks so much for coming on. Give us a quick overview of why you think you should reopen given the coronavirus. Well, first of all and foremost, it's a First Amendment right. This is United States yes. of America, and the government can't intrude in worship. We stand on that amendment. Um, the, the second thing that makes this so sensible is in the state of California, there are 40 million people. 8,500 of them have died with COVID. That's 0 .002. So in California, you have a 99.99% chance to survive COVID. So why would you shut down the entire state? And particularly when people are frightened and sometimes terrified that they're going to die, shut down the church where most of the intense relationships in our society exist. 
in the life yes. of a church. It's multi-generational. We've had 21 weeks with no ministry to a thousand little children, to a thousand university students, to junior high students, high school students, senior adults. We've had no funerals, no weddings. I can't go to the hospital. I've had to go on the phone to talk to dying people at the hospital. Uh, and finally, I started preaching in an empty auditorium. I did it two weeks, three weeks, and the people, without us saying anything, started coming back. They didn't buy the narrative. They didn't buy it, and they started coming back. By the way, we're the original protesters. We go back 500 years to the Protestant Reformation. We're, we're still protesting lies and deception for the sake of the truth. So they started coming back, and they kept coming back, and last Sunday, 3,000 of them came back. And they rejoiced, and they hugged each other, and they didn't wear masks, and they sang songs, and um, they understand the reality of it. I haven't had to say anything. We finally put out a document, which you probably read, which affirms why this is right and why it's critical yep. for our society. And I, would, I hope our, our viewers would read it. You're a brave man, Pastor MacArthur. I appreciate you coming on tonight. Godspeed. Thank you. Thank you. And amen to Pastor John MacArthur in California for conducting services. And I liked what he said there, Pastor Al. You know, the people started embracing each other because they hadn't seen each other in months. And, you know, we just uh, conducted our Freedom Banquet, our annual Freedom Banquet, three weeks ago. And uh, people hadn't seen each other, been locked up for four months. And when they saw each other, they really rejoiced to see each other and to have that fellowship as the, as the Bible talks about. And, you know, folks, it's been three weeks after the Freedom Banquet. And guess what? Nobody got sick. So, you know, come on in. The water's fine, everybody. Hey, Pastor Al, reading from the Awake America news uh, letter that they sent to Governor DeWine, that last paragraph, if you got that, we are compelled to voice our concerns. Can you read that for us? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, here it says, Wake America put this out. They said, we are compelled to voice our concerns over this intrusion. Even though this order may have been given with the intent of good and not the intent of harm, intent does not excuse any breach of government into the conscience of its citizens. We have been told it is only a small directive and not a great demand. But to us, it would seem like attempting to convince our patriot uh, forefathers that it was only a small tax on tea. The issue then was not a tea tax, but overreach by King George. The issue now is not masks, but overreach by the state of Ohio. No intrusion into our worship services can be permitted. Whether it is the state of New Jersey, which forbids churches to meet, the state of California, which forbids churches to sing, or the state of Ohio, which forbids someone to attend. Our government has instructed us as preachers to forbid someone attendance to a church service based on what they are wearing. One can only imagine the outrage if we posted a sign on our doors that said men could not enter if they are not wearing a tie or children who are wearing tennis shoes were not permitted to meet. Well, and see, that's just it. We say, come as you are and accept Christ. And these are putting restrictions on our form of worship and our evangelism. Further down, they, they end with this, on behalf of a multitude of pastors who echo our concerns, we urge you, and this is speaking to Governor DeWine, 
uh, to consider and correct this grievance. We further implore you to do all within your power to keep our churches free from such violations of conscience through any other future orders or laws. Well, the governor put this out in a tweet after we put our release out on Friday. It says, my office has received phone calls about rumors that local health departments will be shutting down churches this weekend. That's not the intent of the mask order. I'm very grateful for the steps places of worship have taken to protect their members. It's making a difference. Well, we are we're going to make the governor aware that, hey, these threats are happening, and that's why we're doing the records request, Pastor Al, uh, in multiple counties. We're going to provide for them hard copies so that they can see, uh, and thankfully we have good people that serve on the board of the Ohio Christian Alliance with experience to know how to make these uh, public records requests. And I didn't even think about asking about what contact the Department of Health would have had with the local sheriff, and that's how we obtained that screenshot out of the text message of actually suggesting the the sheriff go out. So, in other words, they're saying, you know, the attorney general is saying to a church, and he hasn't said it publicly yet, State Attorney General Dave Yost, and wait for him, maybe he'll come on this program and talk about it, but he says, oh no, they can't shut you down. And well, he said that to one church. He didn't say it in publicly. Well, the fact is, the intimidation is there when you bring the sheriff and you, you bring out an order and you don't have 100% face mask uh, re, uh, observance. Well, listen, even the order doesn't say that it has to have be 100%. So who's to draw the line as to who's to wear a mask and who's not to wear a mask if there's reasons for health or psychological reasons? And that's really up to the individual. We're talking about really individual freedom here, aren't we, Pastor Al? Absolutely, Chris. And when you attack the very freedom to worship God according to our conscience, the way we believe the Bible tells us to, that's really taking extraordinary steps to control the very minds and souls of people, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, the governor is a little misguided at this time, and I, I want to say that politely, and I want to say it respectfully, but really, folks, uh, that's why we pray for those in authority, uh, that they don't uh, lose their way. Uh, you know, they may head out with good intent to safeguard the public, but then it just gets away from them. And so the deaths in Ohio are way down. In fact, they're below for the last three weeks, going into the fourth week, below pandemic levels. That means the emergency orders that were enacted by the state of Ohio should have expired according yeah. to law. But you know, once government gets power, they don't often willingly uh, uh, surrender it, do they, Pastor Al? Absolutely not. That's why we're supposed to be a country uh, governed by laws, not the opinions and whims of those who currently hold power. Here's what you can do. If you in your church have been approached or uh, by the health departments over this face mask order, call the Ohio Christian Alliance at 330-887-1922 and report that to us. We're compiling a report to present it to statewide office holders, which would be the attorney general and the governor's office, their faith-based uh, initiative office as well, so they can understand the real problem with local departments of health. Now, I do know that uh, the lieutenant governor called me in personally last Friday and said, Chris, I have made some personal calls to the director of health in Summit County and Cauga County and told them that it's not to be threatening in nature of these follow-up calls. But folks, again, 
unless there's something from the boss, which is the governor, as he often says, the buck stops here. Uh, well, that, then it's up to Governor DeWine to make that assurance to local houses of worship. Pastor, I want to thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. And stay with us. On the other side, we're going to be talking to an uh, attorney from California. We're going to continue this discussion. Don't go away. God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe, on D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue and continuing our discussion on religious liberty during COVID-19. With us on the phone is Brad Dacus. He is the president and founder of Pacific Justice Institute. And in California, there has been some real issues to religious liberty. We saw a story that broke over the weekend of a California church, uh, Godspeak Calvary Chapel, in which a local court actually ordered them to stop worshiping because they were had fallen out, in the words of the court, fallen out of compliance with the the, uh, uh, the church had fallen out of compliance of COVID-19 restrictions that Governor Newsom had put into place. Here's another report, again, from John MacArthur, who was on with Tucker Carlson uh, just about a week ago. Let's go to that report right now. The founders of this country had a keen understanding of the importance of religious freedom because so many of them were fleeing religious persecution. So they protected the exercise of religion in the very First Amendment to the Bill of Rights. Governor of California, Gavin Newsom, doesn't care. He's using his new coronavirus powers to shut down churches that disagree with him. The Episcopal Church is fine. They're fully on his team. 
but places like Grace Community Church in Los Angeles are not, and he's threatening to shutter them. Pastor John MacArthur runs that church and has for a long time. We're happy to have him on tonight. Pastor, thanks so much for coming on. Give us a quick overview of why you think you should reopen given the coronavirus. Well, first of all and foremost, it's a First Amendment right. This is United States yes. of America, and the government can't intrude in worship. We stand on that amendment. Um, the, the second thing that makes this so sensible is in the state of California, there are 40 million people. 8,500 of them have died with COVID. That's 0 .002. So in California, you have a 99.99% chance to survive COVID. So why would you shut down the entire state, and particularly when people are frightened and sometimes terrified that they're going to die, shut down the church where most of the intense relationships in our society exist in the life yes. of a church. It's multi-generational. We've had 21 weeks with no ministry to a thousand little children, to a thousand university students, to junior high students, high school students, senior adults. We've had no funerals, no weddings. I can't go to the hospital. I've had to go on the phone to talk to dying people at the hospital. Uh. And finally, I started preaching in an empty auditorium. I did it two weeks, three weeks, and the people, without us saying anything, started coming back. They didn't buy the narrative. They didn't buy it, and they started coming back. By the way, we're the original protesters. We go back 500 years to the Protestant Reformation. We're, we're still protesting lies and deception for the sake of the truth. So they started coming back, and they kept coming back, and last Sunday, 3,000 of them came back, and they rejoiced, and they hugged each other, and they didn't wear masks, and they sang songs, and um, they understand the reality of it. I haven't had to say anything. We finally put out a document, which you probably read, which affirms why this is right and why it's critical yep. for our society. And I would I hope our, our viewers would read it. You're a brave man, Pastor MacArthur. I appreciate your coming on tonight. Godspeed. Thank you. Thank you. And God bless Pastor John MacArthur for taking a stand like that. And with us on the phone is attorney Brad Dawkins. Of the, he was the president and founder of the Pacific Justice Institute. Uh, Brad, welcome to the program. Oh, it's great to be on the program. Thank you very much. Well, uh, tell us a little bit. Uh, you're in the middle of all this out there in California. Your thoughts on all this? Yeah, well, we at Pacific Justice Institute have been giving counsel to pastors, actually all across the United States, and we now have offices on the East Coast, West Coast. Uh, the California has been probably the most problematic, uh, because uh, not because of the number of COVID-19 cases. Um, no, that's, that's New York, New Jersey. Instead, uh, it's because of the the uh, outrageous restrictions and limitations uh, being placed on churches and their ability to, to reopen. Uh, the fact is, uh, churches initially were very compliant. Uh, we were told it was going to be for two weeks, and then they could, you know, go back to, to do what they need to do. It was a two-week shutdown, and then it turned into two months, and now we're going on to month number six, and churches are now realizing, wait a minute, this isn't an emergency. This is a new norm. And uh, even the Supreme Court is, uh, and, and Attorney General Barr have, have gone on record to say, this cannot be the new norm. Uh, and so that's why so many churches, hundreds, have actually decided to reopen. Some of them are doing outdoor services, uh, but uh, a good number are doing indoor services. And we at Pacific Justice Institute 
uh, have been giving them specific counsel on how to do that in a way that mitigates their risk of harm. People of good faith, uh, Christian people, are always willing to give government the benefit of the doubt that they are indeed uh, making decisions that will be benefit the, the general populace and, and the good of mankind. But when they violate that trust, Brad, is when people really begin to start questioning. I know John MacArthur to be a good man. I know him to be a man of the Word of God in Romans 13, submitting to the authority as submitting on to God. He believes that. But he also understands the fundamental right of freedom of worship and who we are intricately as Christian believers and our reliance is upon God ultimately. And when it comes down to serving either God or man, we're going to serve God. And so this has uh, really been a sentinel across the country. But then comes this other story out of uh, Ventura County and this uh, this judge. Tell us about what happened in this court case there. Yeah, this is a, a Calvary Chapel church. And uh, the pastor decided, you know, just like Pastor Dr. John MacArthur said, um, you know, Pastor Rob Hurt says, uh, Rob Corey says, uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to open up the, the church, and uh, we're going to have church services. And he was uh, ordered uh, by the public health department through the uh, city council there uh, that, uh, that he had to, uh, you know, not have a church. He could not meet in the church building. Uh, it was not logistically viable for them to have an outdoor service uh, for a number of reasons. And uh, they went ahead and had the church service. Well, then uh, the uh, the public health official got a, in the city got a, a temporary restraining order uh, from a court, from a judge, ordering them not to have their church service. They had their church service. Uh, the order said that not only is the injunction against the pastor, but also uh, a thousand of his members. So the first one thousand that show up, they'll be given misdemeanors and and uh, prosecuted as well. Uh, along with the pastor, uh, more than a thousand showed up, and uh, now it's going to go to the next phase, which will be probably a preliminary injunction hearing. Uh, but it's a, it's it's brutal. There, are the the you know these different governmental entities under the blessings of Governor Gavin Newsom are going to uh, on a on a purging, if you will, to tear down the churches to make them so they uh, they cannot meet, even if it's no longer justified based on health and safety risk and CDC uh, Center for Disease Control criteria. Uh, the governor's gone beyond that, and much to the, uh, the, the danger and harm to uh, these churches being able to function and minister to the needs of so many. Jesus warned his generation. He said, if they're doing these things in the daylight, what will happen when night comes? You know, Brad, this is really frightening, I think, to a lot of people. Here in Ohio, we're seeing where the governor, DeWine, has stated one thing. At first, we complimented the governor because he didn't order the church. But at the same token, he would send mixed messages about gatherings of 10. And then he would go on this little diatribe of ugly shaming Christians who would gather in larger numbers and why would you want to infect your fellow man? And what Christian of good worth would want to do that? And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm, why are you saying this? I mean, churches are already doing hand sanitizers, social distancing. They did the drive-in service. They weren't meeting in person for months. And then 
Then comes this face mask order about 10 days ago for the entire state of Ohio again because some counties saw a resurgence of infections, not deaths or hospitalizations or ICUs, no, of infections. Uh, rates were up, okay? And, and like we said, the disease is here. The virus is here. People are going to get it. And they're actually not getting as sick as they were on the front end of this thing where you ha- did have more hospitalizations. You did have more fatalities. In fact, Ohio, for the last three weeks going into our fourth week, is below the pandemic levels of death. And that means the emergency orders of the state ought to be suspended. But they're not, Brad, and they're not surrendering the authority that they, they, once they get that power, they don't want to release it. There are those who are considering challenging that legally because it looks as if Governor DeWine, now he's empowered departments of health who are making intimidating and threatening calls to churches about finding them. And in one instance here in Summit County that we've confirmed, shutting the church down. This is in Ohio. This isn't California or New Jersey or Virginia or New York. This is Ohio. So this is all over, and we're very concerned about it. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, first off, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, your governor is a a Democrat, correct? He's not. He's a Republican. But, you know, some some would say (laughs) they'd begin to question that, though, now. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because what we've noticed is, is usually these problems uh, of over you know usurpation of power and, and rights of others uh, has been we've done mostly in the blue states, so it's a, a little surprising. Uh, but I, I think nonetheless, uh, you know, we need to call it out for what it is, and this is uh, unjustified government control. You know, when this thing first broke out, a couple of observations. First, um, it was much stronger. It was a much stronger virus. Uh, it has unquestionably weakened. Um, this is that's not even up for debate. It has weakened, and studies show that it has weakened dramatically. That's why the fatalities have gone down. Yes, one reason for the number of cases. And one number two is we know who's at risk, and we know who is not at risk. So uh, when we have younger people, uh, you know, I say those under the age of sixty, for example, the risk goes down considerably, especially under the age of forty. Um, young people, there's no material risk at all. In fact, it's, the risk level is some days even lower than the traditional flu. So there's no reason our school shouldn't be open um, at this point. And uh, if teachers need special accommodation because they're at risk, because they're, they're overweight and they're elderly, um, et cetera, then uh, that can be accommodated. But this, 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 these actions are unreasonable. They're illogical. And it's, it's very dangerous because if they get away with it, uh, they'll set a precedent for future tyranny in the future uh, over other you know, pretexts to shut down churches. And uh, because it is illogical, we cannot deny the, uh, the spiritual dimension to this as well. I, I cannot just look at this just from the legal, because it is too nonsensical from the legal perspective and the scientific perspective, uh, without acknowledging the, uh, what I believe is a clear spiritual dimension to close down the churches, shut them down, and, we brought, and, uh, and then reap the the the, uh, the results of that, which we've seen in our nation, uh, non coincidentally over the last few months. That's exactly right. We're talking with Brad Dacus. He is the president and founder of Pacific Justice Institute. They advocate for religious liberty uh, in states across the country. Brad, I agree with you, and that's why we're taking the action at the Ohio Christian Alliance to follow up on these threats coming from departments of health in multiple counties now. In one week, our uh, office received several calls from three different counties, urban counties. That represents thousands of churches, potentially, uh, that uh, are under the gun of these health 
departments. And when we got a public records request back from one urban county, we found that 14 calls were made in 10 days and exchanges and then, of course, threats leveled against these churches. And we've got records requests in other places. Somebody says, well, why care about, you know, this church that got a call? Well, it's another leaf that falls off the tree of liberty. And like you said, if we let it go, then it will only get so much worse as time goes on. In fact, I've been doing this for 20 years, Brad, advocating for the church, being a voice for the church in Columbus and Washington, D.C. with our organization. And this is a this is a watermark we've never reached before. That's why it's an alarm. That uh, That's why we said urgent. We don't normally use that word when we put out an email. We're not like those groups that just trying to get attention. When we say urgent, we mean it. And so folks are watching, and they're even listening and watching in Columbus. And what the governor can really clear this up by really rescinding the order and also saying it doesn't apply to to houses of worship and stop calling them over this. And so uh, it's up to the governor. He can actually set it right. I believe we ought to appeal to go- to uh, government and those in positions of authority. And if not, we have to appeal other places. So we're going to do that first. And then if we don't get any satisfaction there, we will s- file a letter with the U.S. Department of Justice because we can't allow this kind of tyrannical activity of departments of health just to happen here in Ohio and not have government officials address it. Your thoughts? Well, you're you're right. Uh, it needs to be uh, it needs to be obviously uh, addressed and, and contested, uh, and uh, and and churches need to be uh, united. One thing I like about your organization, frankly, is that uh, you do that. Uh, you help to uh, unite uh, institutions and uh, and uh, including institutions of faith, those who appreciate religious freedom, and that's why it's so important that that, uh, that we not be divided, that we be united when the uh, the, the control and the threats of control are so great. You know, in California, we had a, a, a mandate from the governor saying people couldn't sing in a church. Uh, they had to just, uh, you know, watch the music on the screen, I guess, or watch the words on the screen. I guess. They couldn't sing uh, oh. or listen to it, or being played to them on a, on a tape or something. Uh, it, you know, and that was outrageous. We had Pacific Justice, we researched it, and we found out the actual order actually wasn't, binding on anyone uh, in the church uh, singing and, uh, you know, attending the church. Uh, but it's that those kind of intimidation tactics that are, are so serious, and that's why we um, try to empower and equip churches. One of the things we've got on our website is it's a, it's a 96-point checklist on how to safely and legally reopen your church. We have another one for private schools reopening. Uh, we have some, you know, cities and governments, governors telling private schools that they can't reopen uh, well, we're giving instruction on how they can actually do that uh, legally and practically and overcome those uh, mandates uh, by governors and by cities uh, to do it, uh, to get around it and to, to keep, continue with what God's called them to do. So uh, we need to be tactical. We need to be wise. Um, but we also need courage uh, because uh, we have to stand up to it and be willing to uh, to pay the, the, the price if necessary uh, to prevent this tyranny from happening in the future. If enough churches stand up. Uh, then uh, we know that the governor's hands will be tied. His authority is limited to the extent to which it is respected. Amen. uh, We've seen that before, and that's why we should never forget that as a people and and a nation. Great work at the Pacific Justice Institute. Attorney Brad Dacus. Uh, Brad, what's the uh, website again so folks can visit there? Yes, and like any of our resources, I'd like to keep up with our cases and what we're doing, particularly on the West Coast but across the country. It's simply... Uh, P for Pacific, J for Justice, I for Institute, PJI.org, PJI.org. 
We can remember that, and we'll make it a, a, a link on our website as well. I know that you're busy, friend, and thank you. And you, you have a radio program yourself, and you're on 170 stations. So, th- so thanks for stopping by at News and Focus Day. We really appreciate it. Always, it's a pleasure. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back on the other side with some closing thoughts. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Review. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Again, I want to thank uh, Brad Dacus for coming on the program. Again, the president and founder of Pacific Justice Institute. We're going to have him back. And again, their website is pji.org. Again, that's pji.org. And again, they're just not doing work in California, but in states across the country. And we need these type of legal societies that are advocating for religious liberty and for pro-life causes. And that's what the Pacific Justice Institute does, along with Liberty Council. Uh, and, of course, ADF. want to talk to you a little bit about voter registration. And, of course, uh, voter registration is happening now in churches called the Citizenship Sunday Program. That's a voter registration effort at your church. You can go to our website at ohioca.org and download the Citizenship Sunday Packet just on the icon right at the top. Click on that. Nine pages will load, which will include a voter registration form, an application for absentee ballot, a church's do's and don'ts of how you can conduct a nonpartisan voter registration at your church, including a request for voter guides. The Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide, of course, will be produced, and we're in the process of uh, continuing to receive surveys back to our office. Uh, A couple ways that we do this. Uh, During the primary, we send out surveys to all candidates running for Ohio House, Ohio Senate, Congressional, 
and uh, any other statewide offices. Uh, this year, there, of course, there is no statewide office holders on the ballot. That will be in two years. But uh, Congress, Ohio House, Ohio Senate, of course, the presidential race. And uh, though that information is being compiled. Uh, we haven't even gotten through the convention yet of both the DNC and the old, uh, RNC conventions. And, of course, uh, the conventions will be conducted in a different way virtually uh, here in the next few weeks. And then, of course, Mr. Biden has chosen his running mate, and all that's been decided. So we're compiling all that information of where the candidates stand on important issues, pro-life, pro-family, religious liberty, taxes on families, uh, uh, the Second Amendment, our military, uh, issues of that, national security, and actually security in the streets of America. One thing that we've seen is anarchy reign in our cities. Our major cities right now have been boarded up due to anarchists, uh, riots and looting that has happened in our cities, in some of the liberal states across the country, in New York, in Illinois, in California, uh, in uh, Portland, Oregon, in uh, Seattle, Washington. Terrible images that we've all seen on the TV screens. And these are anarchists. We've talked about Antifa on this program. Well, all those kinds of issues will be in the Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide. And you can obtain that for your church. And it's free of charge. Uh, if you'd like to make a contribution to the Ohio Christian Alliance. In fact, if you appreciate the news and reviews you get here on News and Focus each week, uh, please make a contribution at our website. Again, just Google Ohio Christian Alliance or uh, go to ohioca.org and click on the donate button and make a contribution of any size is appreciated. And we thank you for that. And also, uh, when we talk about Citizenship Sunday, now through October 5th, October 5th is the deadline, so that Sunday just before, that would be October 3rd, would be the last Sunday to hold a Citizenship Sunday, because you got to get those uh, voter registrations in the uh, Board of Election offices the next day, because October 5th is the deadline before the election of November. And folks, this one is going to be critical. And so... There, there are actually statistics that half of evangelicals are not even registered to vote. Folks, that's appalling. We need, as Christian people, to register to vote our values. Not telling you who to vote for, but what I am saying, vote your values, vote your Bible, vote your worldview, the Christian worldview. Vote for the principles of America. If you see a candidate standing on those things, and that's what we try to do with the voter guide. We survey candidates, and then they respond, and then we put the uh, information in the voter guide. And like we say, we, we report, you decide. And so that's what the Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide does. So, but again, conducting a Citizenship Sunday voter registration effort at your church, any Sunday will work. Our next one is September 6th. We just concluded one this last Sunday. number of churches across the state participated. Some are picking their own date that will work for them. But the next uh, targeted date is September 6th, and we hope that you'll join us for that. And let us know by going to our website. And again, supporting the work of the Ohio Christian Alliance as we advocate for faith, family, and freedom in the public square. We want to thank you for doing that and tuning in each week on this broadcast. We're in the next few weeks, we're going to have pastor roundtables. We're going to talk about some of the current issues that are going on in our country. We're also going to be talking to some elected office holders who are running for office so you can hear in their own words where they stand on the issues. And so all that will be here in News and Focus. And please do forward 
Lord. Uh, this information, if you're on our email list, and you can go to our website again uh, to sign up to the email list of the Ohio Christian Alliance, we send out timely emails on important issues. And then, of course, we send out this broadcast in a podcast that you can share with family and friends. Tune in again next week as we'll be uh, interviewing some folks on some very critical issues. But again, if you've missed any of today's program, you can always hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. Thanks for listening. God bless. Have a great week. Listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at OhioCA.org. That's OhioCA.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.